Ladies and gentlemen, wrestling enthusiasts from around the globe, welcome back to the WrestleArts Podcast. I'm your host and play-by-play announcer for WrestleArts, Jeff Edge, and I've had the incredible opportunity to sit down with some of the most dynamic and talented wrestlers in the business. Now, before we dive into the adrenaline-pumping action of WrestleArts 13, I want to take you on a journey through the fascinating stories and personalities that make up the world of professional wrestling. These intimate interviews were conducted right here at the historic Irving Theater in the heart of historic Irvington, Indianapolis, Indiana. Each wrestler shared their thoughts on their careers, their opponents, and what drives them to step into the ring night after night. We've covered it all from their early inspirations to the most challenging moments, giving you an inside look at the minds of these extraordinary athletes. So whether you're a dedicated wrestling fan or just getting acquainted with the sport, join me as we peel back the curtain and explore the personal journeys that lead these wrestlers to the squared circle. These interviews were recorded before the much-anticipated WrestleArts 13, adding an extra layer of excitement as we build up to the heart-pounding action that awaits us in the ring. So get ready for an exclusive behind-the-scenes experience as we delve into the world of WrestleArts with these insightful interviews. Sit back, relax, and let's jump into the captivating world of professional wrestling together. I'm joined at this time by Director of Operations, David Barker. David, how are you doing there? It's WrestleArts 13. Yeah, uh, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. I enjoy being had, so I appreciate being back on the podcast. So the first thing I'd like to ask you is uh, you made a big five-man Lucha Libre match to sort of highlight WrestleArts 13 uh, because this is our, our one-year anniversary since running the Irving Theater. Talk to me about making that match. Why would you make it? How would you reach out uh, to get that set up? And, and give me some of the, the, the history behind it. Sure. So... I am a big Lucha Libre. I'm a big Lucha Libre fan. I think Lucha is one of the purest wrestling styles in the world. It's mm. a style unique to Mexico that is often imitated here in the United States, imitated sure. in Japan and Canada and around the world. But it's a style that really is known. You know, Mexican Lucha Libre is authentic is pure and there's a large mexican community his and hispanic community in indianapolis sure. and they're not they're not spoken to from a wrestling standpoint here a lot of the companies ignore the lucha market and they ignore the fan base of lucha libre and i thought it was important to bring in some matches that could attract fans of different styles of wrestling. You mm. know, you, when you're running a wrestling company and you're trying to book fights and you're trying to put together the best shows, you got to give different styles. And I think okay. lucha is an important style. And you know, I got some lucha contacts that I won't divulge because you don't need to know that. Sir. Okay, fair enough. Uh, and I found five guys who are hungry, looking for an opportunity to make a name for themselves. So we're going to have a good old-fashioned Lucha Scramble. If it's successful, do you see WrestleArts in the future trying to do that more? Do you integrate them in the roster? Because I do notice it is a one Lucha Libre match. You didn't fill them out across the card intentionally. Yeah, and and that's, you know, when you're trying out new styles and new fighters, new wrestlers, you don't want to populate the whole fight card with them. You want to try them out and see how they do. And if they wrestle well and perform well, I absolutely want to have them back. And I want to have them intermix with everything that's going on in wrestle arts and i want them to compete for championships and i want them to have opportunities to really showcase how good they are can uh diamante negro for instance the black can he right if he if he wins the scramble is he a guy who can take on a josh crane 
Is he a guy who Ooh. can take on a Poison Apollo star? Will his, how will his style match up? Like Josh Crane is American strong style. You know, he works a very Puriso heavy style, a lot of he- heavy strikes, a lot of big slams, right? How will he match up against a Lucha wrestler? Right? How mm. will the Timeless Technician match up against that? And that, to me, is very wow. interesting. That'd be a great match. Yeah. Uh, when you look at, you were just talking about the, the influence on American wrestling. Where, where do you see American wrestling at today? Because it seems like when you look at the AWs, where there's the Japanese influence and the Lucha Libre influence, what is American wrestling in 2023? And what is Japanese wrestling? What is Lucha Libre? Well, I think, I think it's very clear that American wrestling has become a hybrid in 2023. Is that a good thing? Yeah, well, why not? If if America, right? We are the biggest market for pro wrestling in America, right? We are the biggest consumers. The two biggest companies in the world operate here. The third biggest company, New Japan, runs shows here. Like we are consumers of pro wrestling. Uh, so being a hybrid is good because you know if you want to speak to a variety of fans, a variety of backgrounds who might be fans of a different style. Um, and so I think American style is a hybrid style, which I think is important. Mm. And I think a lot of wrestling globally is becoming more hybridized with the internet, with the advances in technology and the ability to, for people to see styles now that maybe before they couldn't see. I think the world is mm. becoming hybridized, which I think is important. What is the landscape of Lucha Libre wrestling in Indiana or Indianapolis right now? There is none. Oh, wow. If you look around Indianapolis, there is no Lucha Libre. There used to be a promotion that ran in Indianapolis called Bizarro Lucha. Okay. That was kind of Lucha themed. But as far as having a regular presence in Indianapolis wrestling, there isn't one. Uh, and I would like to establish one right, to give fans of traditional Lucha Libre an option for live wrestling in the town they live in or live around, you know, for the surrounding areas. You were just talking about what a big CMLL fan yeah. you are. Can you can you go into that and give me some uh, of your knowledge about CMLL? Yeah, so you, you said some very interesting yeah. things that I'd like to share with the fans. CMLL is the oldest wrestling company in operation. They have been around longer than anybody, almost 100 years. They're closing in on a century of promoting wrestling. They built their building, right? Arena Mexico was built by CMLL in like the, the late 30s, early 40s to be a building for wrestling, right? And boxing, right? But it is the only building that still in operation that runs weekly wrestling. Like you can go, if you go to Mexico City, you can go to Arena Mexico and see CMLL every Friday, right? Wow. In the same building, which is crazy. Uh, to me to think of that history and when you think of guys like El Santo and Mil Mascaras and Blue Demon and these guys who were pioneers they were CMLL guys they were they built an entire industry they became cultural heroes or El Santo was in movies and comic books right people a lot of modern fans don't realize his importance and significance same with Mil Mascaras who was not only popular in Mexico but all over Texas and Southern California and Tennessee and was on shows for 40 years, right? It's, to me, that's longevity, and that speaks to the importance of Lucha Libre as a sport because how culturally ingrained it has become. As a wrestling fan, I, I know it makes me sad now that I remember 20 years ago, if you 
met somebody who either grew up in Mexico or, or had the family history in Mexico, everybody knew who El Santo was, even if they didn't like wrestling. And uh, I love talking about this. Just to see who knows the rich history of Lucha Libre. And uh, now, 20 years later, I feel like people don't remember El Santo as much or Blue Demon or Mil Mascaris. And now I get Rey Mysterio, right? So, like, Rey has carried on that tradition. Well, if you think about it, it's been almost 40 years since El Santo died. Sure. So, you know, it's it's been... We have entire generations of adults, so he was, you know, he was a thing their parents or grandparents watched. So he has been replaced by Ray Mysterio Jr., you know, mm. uh, people who have pushed literally a Conan, right, in AAA. How you were a big Conan fan, if yeah, I recall. Right, he was hugely popular in AAA, right? And I think oftentimes in an American-centric viewpoint, people forget the importance of, of stars in other kinds of wrestling and how important that is to the spread. Sure. Right. Who are, you, who are your favorite Lucha Libre wrestlers? Of all time? Yeah. Who sh- and I'm sure there's stuff on YouTube that you would recommend people go check out. If, if this is, because this could be, you said there's no Lucha Libre place in Indianapolis. Uh, so if people come, they watch WrestleArts 13, they see the, the five-person match, uh, and then they go, well, I want to check out some more. Who do you like? Who do you recommend? I mean, I'm a big fan of classic Blue Demon Jr., Right? I think Blue Demon Jr. was excellent. Uh, I like Old Mill Maskers. I, mean, I like Rey Mysterio. I like Mystico. Uh, mm. you know, I like the Guerrero family. People forget they were very big in Lucha Libre uh, before uh, and after. Uh, so I think any, you know, if you watch like old original Glory Guerrero, if you can find some footage of him, oh, man. you know, a pioneer there. Um, was Gory the head of the Guerrero family? Yeah, he was the patriarch. Uh, and then that's why there's the gory stretch and all you know these things. Uh, who you watched uh, Lucha Underground? Yes, who, I did. who there was a young kid who was really good. Uh, he had, he had a bright future. I want to say his name was like was it Dragon S Tekka Junior or yeah he's still he's still around. How's how's he doing? Uh, he's doing well. Um, you know he's, a lot of that Lucha Underground. So a lot of those guys have really uh, yeah he had come out of there. Swerve Strickland now where he was uh, kill shot. Yeah, I he think was under, and, the ma- under the hood is kill shot. Um, speaking of the Lucha Underground, the mod- I'm a big Bandito fan for, as a sure. modern Lucha guy. I really like Bandito and Drillistico. Uh I really like both of them. Uh, yeah, I think... Parka. Lucha Underground did a good job of exposing new fans to some Lucha stylings. So a lot mm. of those guys are Pentagon, Ray Phoenix. You know, those guys are, are excellent. Yeah, I sure don't see as much. There's Santos Escobar, who was yeah, uh, oh, of course. King Cuerno. That was, there. Uh, was he your favorite on Lucha Underground? I was a big King Cuerno fan. Oh, wow. Let's take a moment to thank our amazing sponsor, Paradigm Games, for this episode, your ultimate destination for tabletop gaming excitement, conveniently located at 2479 North Meridian Street, Indianapolis, Indiana, 46208. But wait, that's not all, folks. Paradigm Games is not just your average game store. They are the proud hosts of the Wednesday Lorcana League Nights, where the action starts at 6.30 p.m. For just $10, you'll get a spot on the sheet and a booster pack to jump into the thrilling world of Lorcana. Plus, you'll be battling it out for monthly promos that'll leave you hungry for more. But wait! 
Paradigm Games has something special for all you Pokemon enthusiasts out there. Join them every Sunday from 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. for Pokemon League. And the best part? It's completely free. Gather your best decks, trade cards, and meet fellow trainers in the ultimate showdown. So whether you're a board game fanatic or a Pokemon trainer, Paradigm Games is your go-to destination for gaming, fun, in Indianapolis. Support our sponsor because they support your passion. Uh, what else? What else? Uh, what other matches are you excited for tonight? I mean, I think uh, I think top to bottom, this is an excellent card tonight. It's our one-year anniversary of running at the Irving, so we really we put ten matches together that I think are really any match could be match of the night. Uh, I'm really looking forward to Blair Onyx's debut against Rachel Armstrong. I think that'll be an interesting uh, contrast of styles and interesting. Fight. What do you know about Blair Onyx? She's wicked. She's very spider-like. <laughs> Which is freaky, you know. It's uh, but she's been making a name for herself and getting more and more exposure. And I think that she will be a force here in wrestling. I think Big mm -hmm. Al and Heather Monroe is going to be a very special contest between two of the best women in the world. I'm glad you brought her up because for the life of me, I was I was telling my my good friend Taylor uh, and some other people today. Uh, shout outs to you know Mara who does an excellent job running our concession stand does and does some excellent excellent graphics. As uh, talking uh, I don't know what it is about me that Big Al gives me goosebumps like she's this tremendous star i feel she has such star power she has a, an aura around her am i crazy or is al that influential in indianapolis wrestling i mean alice is a star she carries herself like a star she walks like a star you know she has presence about her uh, and she's been all over the country she's a big deal uh she is the best indianapolis-based women's wrestler of the last five years Right. Mm. You know, Rachel Armstrong is climbing that list now, uh, and so that'll be an interesting thing to to watch how their careers continue to cross paths. Uh, but you know, it's one of the things. I don't think you're wrong for being awed by Alice Crowley. Yeah, you know, she she is a star. She carries herself yeah. like a star. She yeah. the way she walks. Somebody's about to get messed up. Yeah. You know, she's she's maybe you know five foot seven, but she's got a ten foot walk. You know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, is so there's you said there was 10 matches obviously you're the director of operations you're going to be running around you're not going to be able to watch every match closely is there someone that could be new to the wrestle arts roster or is you know hopefully hoping to move their way up the card is there somebody you got your eye on tonight where like I need, I'm looking for something yeah I'm watching Brayden Lee tonight in the triple threat championship match and Brayden Lee is a Irvington kid he's from the Irvington neighborhood right he's been around the Indiana market. He's an excellent wrestler. He's in incredible shape. And high character guy. High character guy. And he made his wrestler debut against Ace Perry, and he came up short there. But he's he's coming back, and I think this could be a show where he makes a statement. Mm. You know, uh, and Kevin Panic's on the pressure spot. And that triple threat title is a hard title to hold on to. Because you got, you don't even have to be pinned to lose it, right? It is a, right? It is a chaotic championship. Sure. And so it's going to be, can Kevin Panic hold on? Can he keep going? Can he survive? It's been interesting to talk to Kevin Panic here tonight because now that he's got the title and now that he's got his first big win in wrestle arts, uh, he seems to be calmer. He seems to be more confident. He he sort of comes in and he he he's the pressure is off now and he seems like he could be himself. Do you notice a, a change in his demeanor? Yeah, I've been seeing him walk around with a little bit more 
he's a little looser, right? A little bit more confident in himself, a little more relaxed, which I don't think is uncommon, right? You, in sports, you need that first win. You need that first basket. You need that first thing to go right yeah. to really give you the confidence. Okay, you know what you're doing. If right? you miss five, your first five shots in basketball, it's easy to miss your next five exactly. after that. All right, and you got sometimes you just got to see one go down. That's why there are you know guys who won't leave the gym until they hit a certain number of free throws, and will keep you know taking. You got to see some success to show you. Okay, I can do this. All right, I got this. Do you think that's warranted? Because you just said in a triple threat, there's a lot of pressure. You know, you're it's it's hard to hold on to that. Uh, should he feel some some pressure, or do you just go in and you do the best you can in a triple threat, and it's sort of at a, a unwinnable position? I mean, I think you should feel some pressure because anytime you're defending a championship, you got to feel some pressure. But when you've won, you can come in with a little bit of confidence. Okay, I know mm. how to win this kind of match. I know what I need to do to be successful because I've done it before. Now I just have to replicate it. Apollo Star holds the global open weight crown. He's he's our top champion here at Wrestle Arts. Does he feel pressure right now? Of course, he feels pressure right mm. now. He's been a fighting champion. You know, he has defended against. Uh, Sage Phillips, he's defended against uh, Jack Vaughn. Jack Vaughn, Ooh. he's defended against uh, Ratty Daddy Cole Radrick. He's defended against Jeremy Hadley at Heron Heat. Oh, wow. Uh, and so, you know, he's been a fighting champion. He keeps coming out. But then you wonder, well. And he's looked amazing. He's looked amazing. But then he's going up against Josh Crane. You know, a guy who, yeah. a guy who's had a guy who's well. had his number, a guy who's beaten. Yeah. Apollo. The only time Apollo has lost in wrestlers, it's been to Josh Crane. So Josh, what does Josh is a bad? What does that? What does that do to you mentally? Josh knows that he can beat Apollo. Apollo doesn't know he can beat Josh because he hasn't here. So if you're Apollo and you're going, okay, I've never pinned Josh Crane. I've never, right? I've no, mm. I don't have that. In me, I've beat all these other people. I've got a resume a mile long of successes, but he's not one of them. And you're Josh Crane, and you've got a long resume of successes, and Apollo is one of them. You're coming yeah. in like you're already the champion. Wow. And then you look at mileage. How much has Apollo's defenses put on his body to keep that kind of schedule to defend? Sure. Right, a championship defense isn't a regular match. This is a big match. Right, you got to have a different mindset. It's grueling. You know, he's the timeless technician. But you also got to wonder, how much damage did Jack Vaughn do? Or Jeremy Hadley? Or Sage Phillips? What kind of injuries is Apollo carrying into this that he's not telling anybody? Mm. What does Josh Crane have that Cole Radrick, uh, Jack Vaughn, and um, Sage Phillips, what, what does he have that those three didn't? Well, he's got an elbow. Yeah, and well, they have uh, elbows. Well, when Josh Crane has that elbow, it's like when Missawa hit an elbow, right? Oh, wow. It's a, it'll drop you. But Josh Crane's just a different different level of animal, right? Jack Vaughn is an incredible wrestler, but he wrestles a different style than Josh Crane. Josh Crane comes in with nothing but hard offense. Josh Crane is not going to take you down to the mat and try and work a surfboard to wear you down. Josh Crane is just going to punish you, mm. right? He is just going to fight you, and he'll fight you anywhere in the building, and that's scary. Right? Because, you know, Sage Phillips, Cole Radrick, they're technical wrestlers. You know, Jeremy Hadley is not a wild brawler. He's not, his offense is more methodical. Same with Jack Vaughn. Jack Vaughn is a classic professional wrestler. Josh Crane is smash mouth in your face, 
his fists, his elbows, his knees, his feet. He is trying to hurt you on wow. his way to victory, which is a completely different animal than somebody who's trying to out-wrestle you. Josh Crane, he doesn't have to out-wrestle you. He'll punch you in the face. A lot like yeah. how Brandon Prophet made his name, right? Brandon Prophet can wrestle. A lot of people don't realize that Brandon Prophet is actually a very good technical wrestler, but he's just going to punch you in the mouth because he's not going to get in a, a spot where he's got to go hold for hold because that's not his Doesn't best have asset. To. Sure. He, his best asset is that right hand. Josh Cranes is that elbow. All right. Hey, thank you very much for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, act like you know. It's going down. I'm your captain. It's going down. I'm your captain. It's going down. I'm your captain. It's going down. I'm your, I'm your captain now.